Hey, welcome to the Central Westland Church Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for downloading and thank you for listening. We hope that today you find God's Word to be encouraging, challenging, and inspiring your life today. We would love to connect with you through our Facebook page and Instagram page. All you got to do is look on Facebook or Instagram and search for Central Westland Church. Please know that we love you, we're praying for you, and we hope you enjoyed this week's message. Anniversary Sunday. I love our anniversary Sunday for a couple different reasons. Uh, one, we gives us a chance to think back over the past year, um, and two, it gives us a reason to be intentional about being thankful to God because of who He is and what He has done for us. Um, I have found that over the past, gosh, ten to fifteen years, um, that it is thankfulness is a big part of my life. Um, however, I have found that thankfulness is one of these things that can w- become so common that you don't do it anymore. Um, like you can get so used to being thankful to God that it almost becomes routine and we kind of lose the sight of the power of God and what we're being thankful for because we're thankful so much. Does that, under- does that make sense? It's like the Bible verse John three sixteen. You see it so much, you hear it so much, that over time it kind of loses its power and you don't realize that that Bible verse is saying that we have eternal life, we're not going to die, we're going to be alive forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever in all eternity in heaven. Um, But we see John 3.16 and we hear it so much that it kind of becomes common and it doesn't seem, or at least just for me, it doesn't seem as big of a deal because of the commonality of seeing it and hearing it so often. I think believe that thankfulness fall in that same category we can hear about thankfulness we can be thankful so much that over time being thankful kind of loses its luster loses its meaning because it's so common and so prevalent and so heard about so today gives us an intentional Sunday to be thankful to God for who he is and all his blessings on us. And I hope you know today that God is always worthy of our thankfulness. No matter what's going on in my life or what's going on in your life or what's going on in the world and us as a church, today God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he is worthy of our thankfulness yesterday. He's worthy of our thankfulness today. And no matter what's going to be going on tomorrow, he will be more than worthy of our thankfulness tomorrow. Amen? Amen. I thought about over the past five years, us as a church, um, what some things that I've been thankful for. One is you. You guys are the best. You are the absolute best of the best. I wouldn't want anybody else sitting in here right now but you. Matter of fact, I may place Juan at the front door and tell him if somebody else tries to come in, do not let them because I only want you guys because I love you and I'm thankful for you. I hope you are thankful for the person beside of you as well, because that person beside of you is so important in your life, but we'll talk about that in a few minutes. I thought about the year of 2020 this past week. Who remembers the year of 2020? Of course, we had COVID. We had an earthquake the year of 2020. We had some kind of killer wasp come from somewhere. I remember, I don't remember the details, but I remember the killer wasp. Um, my man Kobe Bryant passed away in 2020. It was a rough year for all of us. 
Uh, we had church outside, out back here from May of 2020 till November of 2020. Then we moved back inside. Those of you that were here, remember we had the uh, pews taped off where you can only sit here and not there and sit here and not there. Um, I am thankful that God was still God during 2020, just like he was during 2019. Because God is the same in 2019 as he was in 2020, and even now into 2023, God is the exact same faithful God and worthy of our praise today and worthy of our thankfulness. Um, I was thinking about this week when we first started Central, when we first started talking about Central, when Charles and myself and Alex first started talking about um, the idea of coming to Central, when we were presented with the idea of starting a church here and having church here, we really didn't have a clue what we were doing. Um, five years later, I'm not sure we still have like a clear clue of what we're doing, but we're doing the best we can. Um, I remember us saying in a meeting over in Charles's office, what did we want Central to be? And the best we could come up with was we wanted Central to be a healthy church, a healthy church. Now the question, of course, then came up is, what is a healthy church? And the answer is, we're not real sure. Uh, five years later, we're still not real sure because I think a healthy church can look a lot of different ways in a lot of different areas. But what we did come up with is we came up with kind of some signposts. We came up with some goals that we wanted to make sure we did that lined up with church and scripture that you read about in the book of Acts. Um, and a couple of those things were this. We wanted to preach the gospel and we wanted to worship God in heaven above all. Number two, we wanted to do ministry in the neighborhood, a one-mile radius of where we sit right now. We want to love, we want to share, we want to serve, and we want to give to the people that live within a one-mile radius of where we are currently at. We wanted to see lives changed by the power of God, and we wanted to see new people in heaven. We wanted people to get to heaven and remember and to think about and to, to, um, to remember our church and how God changed their lives here. And because of what God did for you all here, you now have membership um, in heaven. We wanted to be able to financially take care of ourselves, take care of our church, and to be able to financially bless people who needed help around us and in our church. We wanted to grow in number. We wanted to grow in the people that were, that were here at the church. Um, we, I remember having a clear conversation, um, and my heart is the same now as it was then. We don't want to grow in number from people coming from church. We want people who don't go to church today. We want to love people. We want to share the good news with people with our actions and with our words with people who don't know the Lord today. I read a stat not long ago, over 80% of Randolph County do not currently go to church. All the churches in Randolph County are right now popular or, or have their population from 18 minus 100 is 82. Right? Okay, perfect. So the, <laughs> thanks, Ed. My mind's crazy. So the churches in Randolph County right now are being populated by 18% of Randolph County. So that leaves 82% of our surrounding county who do not attend church on Sunday morning. 
Talk about a mission field. Talk about people who need and who we can share the gospel with and who we can love and accept and serve and pray for. 82% of people living in our area right now fall in line with that. And finally, we wanted to practice the each others that you see in Scripture. We wanted to love each other. We wanted to pray for each other. We wanted to encourage each other. We wanted to serve each other. And we wanted to build up a family and a community of believers here in this very building. Now, some of those things I think I have, we have done a really good job at over the past five years. Some of those things I need to do a much better job at leading and we need to do a better job at over the next five years. However, what I know is true, and that is what I said to you five minutes ago, is that God is the same today, yesterday, and forever. He is worthy of our praise five years ago and today. He was with us five years ago. I believe he is with us today, and God will see us through to fulfill the purposes that he has led us here to do. Amen? God will see us through. I believe that true for our life as a whole, as a church. I believe that true for your life individually. When God calls you to something, God will provide and God will see you through till you get to where he is calling you to be. And that, my friends, is what I want us to take about 15 minutes to talk about this morning is how God sees us through, how God provides, how God makes a way for us to do what he has called us to do. So look at Philippians chapter 1 if you have a Bible. If not, it'll be on our wonderful TVs. Y'all should have seen us putting these TVs up five years ago, okay? Let me just give you a quick recap. There's two ladders. One guy going up one ladder, one guy going up the other, holding each end of the TV. I'm down here at the bottom holding my hands up like I can do anything. If the TV falls or if the boys fall, like I can do anything, but I'm standing right there like this. Luckily, it took us about an hour to get one TV up uh, and then about an hour and a half to get the second, but we got them thanks to the grace of God um, and it was tough. So here we go. Philippians chapter one, starting in verse three, Paul says this. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always offering prayer with joy in every prayer for you all, in view of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now. For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. For it is only right for me to feel this way about you all, because I have you in my heart." Since both in my imprisonment and in the defense of the confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers of grace with me. For God is my witness how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in real knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve the things that are excellent in order to be sincere and blameless until the day of Christ Jesus, having been filled with the fruit of righteousness which comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So let me tell you what's going on here. 
Paul writes this letter to a church in Philippi that he started. You can read about uh, him starting the church in Acts chapter 16. You can tell just in those uh, verses 3 through 11 there how much Paul loves the church in Philippi. He tells them that I think about you often. Every thought that I have of you is a good thought. He talks about love, how much he loves them. Um, And we see Paul's affection for the church in Philippi. You also see in those few verses three things that God does to help see Paul through, to help see him through from what he has called him to do. And number one, we see that Paul is thankful and we see that God used the people in Philippi to be a blessing for Paul. God uses people around us today. God uses the people in Philippi to help see Paul through to where God is calling him to be. Do you realize today, and I know that you do, there's nothing more comforting today, nothing more comforting today than knowing that we have someone in our life living life with you. You ever had a time in your life when you were alone? My guess is that's not a real pleasant part of your memory. Why? Because you're not made to be alone. You're made to live life with people. You're made to connect with people. The Word calls us to love each other, to encourage each other, to serve each other, to rebuke each other, to forgive each other, to show grace and mercy, and to basically live life together. We're not made to live life alone. I believe today that God will see us through the toughest days and the best days. God will see us through when the enemy attacks. God will see us through when you don't have much. God will see you through during the worst uh, part of your life. God will see you through with a job and without a job. God will see you through when you can and cannot pay your bills. And more times than not, God will see you through with the people around you in your life. Believe it or not, I need you in my life today. I've got to have you. I need your encouragement. I need your love. I need your forgiveness sometimes. Hopefully not often, but sometimes. I need your help. And believe it or not, you need mine. Amen? You need me. You need people in your life to love you, to accept you, to pick you up when you fall, to cry with you when it's time to cry, to celebrate with you when it's time to celebrate. You need people in your life that can come along beside of you and can be a blessing. You need to be a blessing to people in your life. One of my favorite stories in all of Scripture is in Mark chapter 2 when there's a paralyzed guy who he has four buddies, puts him on a mat, climbs up on the top of a house, and Doug, Doug digs a hole in the roof of the house, lowers the man down right in front of Jesus. I love that story for so many reasons, but for here's a couple. Number one, we see a, a clear picture of Jesus doing what only Jesus can do. We see a picture of Jesus forgiving and Jesus healing. Those are two things that only Jesus Christ can do. And number two, we see the love and the care of four people doing whatever they had to do, including vandalizing somebody else's house, tearing a hole in their roof so that they can get their buddy to the one who can heal and the one who can forgive. Now listen. There are times in your life 
and times in mind where we're the four friends. Amen? Where we come alongside each other to help out somebody else. And then there's times in your life where you're the one on the mat. Where you're the one who needs a little help. Where you're the one who needs a little assistance. Where you need people to come alongside of you. And I believe that God's promises is true whether you're the one holding the mat or whether you're the one sitting on the mat that he will see you through. So what does that mean for you and I today? Well, let me tell you. Back in January, the first Sunday of January, I told you that we have two um, goals, two kind of main focuses we wanted to focus on as a church for, for the year, for this year of 2023. One was our children's ministry. And thankful to Ashley, our friend Ashley Leadership. Wave your hand, Ashley. Hey, Ashley. Everybody say, hey, Ashley. Um, thankful for Ashley's heart and Ashley's leadership and for many, many, many of you all that have, uh, have joined her uh, with children's ministry help. Uh, we have been able to uh, have a fully functional, uh, functioning kids ministry. We started back in March. We have two classrooms right now downstairs. We have an elementary school classroom and we have a nursery classroom with three kids Four or three, three or four babies in there right now. Um, Anna Lee would get upset if I call her a baby. So I will say three or four kids downstairs right now um, in our nursery. We, Ashley and I, have started talking and planning and dreaming. Uh, and we recognize the need of a preschool room once these little kids get to preschool age. Um, and so that is on the horizon for our church as well. I told you back in January we were going to have a VBS and good night, nurse. Did we have a VBS? Um, back in August, we had a four-day VBS. We did all day on Saturday, so it really felt like an eight-day VBS, but we had a VBS. Thankful, thanks to many of you for volunteering and being able to help out, and we had the ability to love and to share the love of the Lord to students and kids um, that we would not have gotten to before. The second thing I told you that we, uh, wanted, to, uh, we wanted to focus on this year, well, that was caring for our people. That is living life together. That is the each others. That is loving each other, taking care of each other, uh, supplying for, helping, and serving the people here at our church and the people around us. One of the ways we did this when we first started Central in 2018 was we started things, uh, groups that we called care groups. How many of you was part of our care group back in 2018, 2019? A couple of you, a couple of you. Wonderful. I loved our care groups. They were great. They were amazing. Then COVID happened, okay, and nobody wanted to get together. Everybody for, started forsaking uh, gathering together, which rightfully so. It was fine at the time. However, I am uh, announcing to you today that we're starting our care groups back this winter. Amen? Y'all don't seem as excited as I am. Let me tell you about the care groups before you get too excited. I can tell some of you are just like jumping at the bits. Let me share with you what care groups are and why we want to do our care groups. Our care groups will be uh, groups of people, small groups of people. Um, let me say this at the top. If you don't want to be in a care group, it's fine. We're not mad at you. Some of you introverts are like, no. Talking to people, no. 
you introverts, I love you. I love you a lot. I really do. I don't see how you go through life not talking to people, not talking to strangers. <laughs> and you're probably thinking, I don't see how you go through life talking to people. I get it. I get it. It's just the way we are. Um, so let me tell you about our care groups. Care groups will be groups of five, six, seven, eight, nine or so people. Um, families, people, kids, adults, mom, dads, grandma, grandpa, whoever. And the goal of our care groups is simply this, to care for each other, to meet together once a month, once every two months, whatever the group decides, and to simply connect lives together, to spend time talking together, and to spend time meeting needs of the group together. If there's a need in the group, the group will work towards meeting whatever need that is. Now, our church will do the same. I don't want, to think, I don't want you to think like we're taking um, all the responsibility off of us as a whole because that's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is this. You will have people in your life that you have lived life with over whatever, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 12 months that you know that you can go to for encouragement, that you can go to for help, that you can go to for love, that you can go to for advice, that you can go to to cry with, that you can go to to celebrate with. We see this example, um, we see it in the first church in Acts chapter 2. If you read through Acts chapter 2 and how the church started, you'll notice three things. One, um, they were committed to the Lord. Two, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And three, they were devoted to each other. It was a big deal in the early church that they loved each other and they took care of each other. And that is a big deal, I believe, today, should be a big deal today in our church as well. And it will be going forward. So, we're going to pause right here. And my main man, Juan Stimson, is going to hand out a piece of paper. You want you to take this piece of paper, and if you want to be a part of a care group, fill out the paper, and after church, drop it in the uh, offering basket on the coffee table. If you don't want to be in a care group, please change your mind. I think it'd be really cool. You don't have to just throw the paper down and go get you a taco when church is over. Cool. If you have a question about care groups, fill out the paper, drop it in the offering basket, and I will get in touch with you and uh, answer whatever question you may have about our upcoming care groups. That sound good? Does that sound good? Wonderful. Okay, so Juan's handing out the papers. Fill them out now, later, whenever. Just drop it in the basket uh, when we get done. And if you don't want to be a part, then just lay the paper down and go get you a taco when church is over. Cool? Cool. We'll take a minute and a half pause while Juan gives out papers. Point number two. The second way that God will see us through um, is that God sees us through to, through the power of prayer. You see Paul praying for the people in Philippi here in Philippians chapter 1. You see that Paul prayed that they will um, know him, they'll know God, and they will know more about him. 
You guys know, you guys that have been here for a few years, you know what we believe about prayer. You know that we believe that without prayer, we have no power. Prayer is where our power is found. Prayer is where our direction is found. Prayer is how heaven comes down to earth. We are told in um, the Lord's Prayer that to pray that your kingdom come, your will be done. That is done through prayer itself. Uh, Prayer is where we get direction. Prayer is where we get guidance. Prayer is where we receive all that the Lord has for us and our lives today. What an amazing honor that you and I have today to be able to have a conversation with God Almighty. Prayer is another one of those things that I believe that we can get so used to that it kind of loses its power. It loses, it doesn't lose its power, but it kind of loses its appeal. It loses its luster because we hear about it so much. You have someone in your life that you would love to talk to today, but you can't? Somebody talk to me. Do you have someone in your life today that you would love to have a conversation with, but you can't for one reason or another? Of course you do. We all do. The cool thing about this cool thing about prayer is that God is the creator of the heavens and the earth. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. Not only can we have a conversation with God, but he wants us to have a conversation with God. Does anybody ever have a conversation with you and you're like, "Mm, time to move on. And you try to get out of the conversation. Thanks, Chelsea. Thanks for being honest. (laughs) Thank you. Just try to walk away and they follow. You know what I'm talking about? Y'all know what I'm talking about. And then you even try to like turn and then you still hear them talking so you don't want to be completely rude. So you turn back around. You get a phone call. You plant a phone call. You text. Say, hey, call me right now. God's not like that. We have the God of heaven, the creator of all the universe waiting to talk to you, waiting to hear from you, waiting to share with you, wanting to be a part of your life. That ability is there. The promise that he is close, the promise that he is listening is available. All we have to do is to actually do it. All we have to do is to actually share and communicate to the Lord through prayer. The third thing I believe that God uses to see us through. One, he uses people. Two, he uses prayer. And three, he uses a promise. You notice in verse six there, Paul says that I believe that he who began the good work will see it through to completion. What's important to know about this is simple. God began the good work in your life. Amen. You realize today that you can't start a relationship with Jesus just because you want to. You realize that God is the one that starts that relationship. God is the one that draws you in. God is the one that that calls out to you. Uh, Romans 2 tells us that it's his loving kindness that leads to repentance. It's God's kindness that leads us to recognize the need of a Savior and salvation in our life. God starts the work. God is God continues and grows the work. First Corinthians tells us, Paul says, that man may water the faith, but it's God that makes the faith grow. God starts it. 
God fulfills it, God makes it grow, and God is the one that brings it to completion. And of course, that is when we get to heaven, when everything that we believed in faith will then become our sight. Make no mistake about it today, you are here today because of the power and the promise and the work of God Almighty in your life. Amen? God did it for you. You are here because of Him. You got up this morning because of His grace. You have clothes to put on today because of Him. You ate food this morning because of Him. If you didn't, we're getting ready to eat lunch this afternoon because of Him. You didn't just happen to randomly show up at a random church this morning. I believe today God brought you here for a specific reason and a specific purpose. I don't know what that purpose is for you, for each and, uh, each and every one of you, but I do believe to this, that you are only here today because of the power of God Almighty. Today, if you're a believer in Christ and you're going to heaven and you're a Christian and you're saved, say amen. That's God's work in your life. That's God's power in your life. That's nothing that you did. That's nothing that you contributed to the salvation process except the sin that required the salvation to begin with. But that's the power of God Almighty starting that good work in you, fulfilling and growing that good work in you. And Paul tells us we have a promise that he will end that good work in you in heaven for all eternity forever that's God doing what God does and that's us simply following his ways amen that's his word his promise his presence his grace his forgiveness his mercy and not ours that's the sovereignty of God that God is in control. That even when I'm in the valley, God is still the same. Even when I'm struggling and in pain, God is still powerful and still at work. Even when we don't see it, we can't feel it, we don't think He's there, He's still there. When we're weak, He's still strong. When we don't think there's no plan, there's no purpose, there's no light at the end of the tunnel, He's still working because He started the work, He's fulfilling and growing the work, and He will end the work one day. That's His job, not ours. How cool is that? All we got to do is follow his word. We don't have to try to be better. We don't have to try to be a great Christian. We got to follow his word. And he does the work in your life for you. Oh, that's good news. Takes the pressure off of us. I don't have to worry about getting it right. You don't have to worry about trying to do, do everything, trying to do enough and be good enough. Now all we have to do is follow, and He does the work. He who began a good work in you. He who began. He who grows it. He will fulfill it. And we talked about the past two weeks. That fulfillment is found in heaven and eternity with Jesus forever and ever and ever. I believe today that no matter where you may find your life, God has promised 
and God will see you through. God will see you through. And he will do it with people. He'll do it with some of the people beside of you. He'll do it through prayer. And he'll do it through his power of his promise. Amen. That's a lot of P's I just put out there. Prayer, promise, power, people. Sweet. I like it. If I'd have thought about this earlier, I'd have had like a graph or something. Oh, I could do a t-shirt. Quadruple P. Four P. We can't do four P. We can't do four P. Four P. We can't do four P. All right, let's stand together. Would anybody buy a t-shirt that said four P? One person. Oh, P and then a four. Instead of four P, P four. All right. Hey, let's do uh, King of Kings again. Let's do King of Kings. I want to end our time together before we tear into these tacos. As a time of celebration, a time of thanksgiving, a time of uh, remembering who God is, what God has done for us, and trusting in his power, trusting in his people, trusting in his promise, and trusting in the power of prayer. Amen? Let's pray together, and then we'll finish out our time through worship. Lord, again, we thank you for today. God, thank you for uh, the church. Thank you for our church. Thank you for the community of believers that we have, that you have sent us here. And God, I pray today that you would help us know that you are with us, that you will see us through, that you will fulfill your promises. God, I pray that you would help us to be a blessing, and to be a help to the people around us. God, help us to not be too filled with pride and arrogance to be able to ask for help when we need help. God, help us to trust in your word. Help us to trust in your ways. And God, we look forward to the next five years and all the blessings that you have in store for us here at Central. Lord, we love you and we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.